This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 234. Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. Who doesn't love putting on black lipstick? Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode hey there animation addicts i'm your host morgan stradling and i am chelsea robson and happy new year we are back and we are so excited to be back chelsea how was your break oh my break has been good and kind of sad but it's all been good (laughs) i mean you can't you can't just leave it at that chelsea like (laughs) I, like many, many others, got sick over the new year. So my my new year consisted of like hanging out and going to bed around 10. And so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man, but it's fine. Wow. It's all relative because 10 is kind of late for me. Right. <laughs> if I went to bed at 10, it's like, oh, okay, something, something happened. You were doing something. So <laughs> single versus uh, kid life, I guess. Yeah. Well, and then also... I, I was able to watch the ball drop at nine. So I felt like, hey, I'm mm. this is adulting right here. Yes. <laughs> and we had a wonderful time off. Thank you so much. I know uh, that this break that we took from the podcast definitely has left me recharged and I'm excited and I'm ready to go. Uh, if you were just chomping at the bit for new podcasts, I totally get it because I was the same way with all of the different podcasts that I listened to. The fact that there were no new episodes, I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? But don't worry. I found some audiobooks, which is always my audiobooks and podcasts. I'm always switching back and forth, but this forced me to listen to some audiobooks. We're great. I set a goal that I wanted to read 50 books this year. Ooh. Now, previous years, I've set the goal of 52, and then I ended up getting like 38 or 40. And so I don't know why I set the bar low because 52 books is one book a week. And, you know, that's What's the difference between 50 and 52? Come on, you can do it. But I don't know. I set it for 52 or 50, and then I ended up getting 53. So I was very, very satisfied. So I guess having no podcast to listen to or listen to during the break forced me to um, hit a few extra books, which I was very grateful for. So this year, my goal is 60 books, which Ooh. I can do. If you've done 53, you can do 60. 
right? There you go. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's jump into our main discussion. This is going to be a good one. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's a place you gotta be. A thousand leagues beneath the sea And it's waiting over here for you and me Gonna take you for a ride But first you've gotta come inside All right, the movie we are reviewing today is Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. Now, we have previously reviewed the previous Hotel Transylvania movies. Hotel Transylvania we reviewed in episode 104, and Hotel Transylvania 2 we reviewed in episode 105. That was back-to-back, which we are going to be doing another back-to-back review of these films because the next movie that we're going to be reviewing is Hotel Transylvania 4, which is coming out in January. So we are doing a double header again. So if you want to listen to those episodes, go to rotoscopers.com slash 104 and rotoscopers.com slash 105. That's how you can check out our reviews of the first two but enough of that. Let's jump into our review of the third film. Now, the studio, Sony Pictures Animation, the director was Gendy Tartakovsky, and he actually wasn't supposed to direct this film. After the first two, I distinctly remember that he was stepping away from the series. I, yeah, I remember there, that too. There were all of, yeah, there were all these news stories that he was done. And so and then I watched this, actually, when I was filling out this information, I was like, okay, well, this is as, you know, he's not involved. And then I looked and I'm like, wait, how did I miss this? Uh, but he ended up, there was some, you know, behind the scenes stuff that happens and he left the series, but then he returned to direct the third one. I guess he had had some experience with family members on a family vacation and it gave him a lot of inspiration for this film. And so he ended up coming back. So this actually is the final film that he does. He will direct the fourth one. He's involved as a producer, but he's not directing. So he just couldn't step away from this quite yet. He's been a part of this for so long. I I was very pleasantly surprised to see him at the end. I was watching this thinking, oh, this was a different director. And oh, actually, I feel like everything is very cohesive. Wow, they did a really good job of of making it feel like it's the same guy. And then, oh, wait, it is the same guy. It is the same guy. Yeah, I like what you say because he, this is definitely has his fingerprints all over it. He has his own unique style. And, you know, that obviously gets translated into screen in the first movie the style of the characters the animation you know the poses and he has this very you know squash and stretch old school stylized animation and and character designs that are very much him and you know after that point it's not like they're going to go away from that however you know there's more to being a director than just having directed the style and the art form so but nonetheless he is back so this came out june 13th 2018 the budget was $65 million to $80 million, We're not quite sure, but never fear. It did very, very well in the box office. It did $528.6 million. And I actually did go and look at the other films in the franchise to see how much they did. And, you know, because I was thinking, okay, did this one just not do as well? Or did it do as well? You know, you never know with your threequels, right? A lot right. of times they don't live up to the name. And so uh, 
there's a lot of excitement for the second one and the third one's a bit of a letdown. But then at the same time, you have so much momentum from the first two. Even if the third one is not as good, it typically will outperform. And that's what we see here. So for the first film, it did $358.4 million on an $85 million budget. So definitely they were very, very happy with what they got from that. And the second film had an $80 million budget and it did $474.8 million. So it did about $100 million more, which is great. And so obviously they greenlit the third and now we know the fourth. So with each progressive film, this one has done more and more. And I'm not going to talk about Hotel Transylvania 4 yet. We will hold all of that off for the next podcast that we're going to be doing. But this has been a very, very successful franchise for Sony Pictures Animation. So it's no wonder that they are continuing kind of glob onto this it's a cash cow for them and you it's a bird in the hand versus a bird in the bush right why would we focus on other things when we know these characters resonate and they make money yeah i agree this is the third one you still have the same voice cast all there so it'll be interesting to see how it goes in we still you and i haven't watched Hotel Transylvania 4 yet. So it'll be interesting kind of moving into that one when we get there. But, you know, filling it out toward the end of this whole series, it's been fun to kind of watch each one of them do their thing. And it was just kind of a continuation of the first two, which I liked. Yes, definitely. So what were your first thoughts seeing this film? Did you see it in theaters? Or was this I did the first not. time you'd seen it? No, um, I, I remember watching the first two with you. Um, well, not, we weren't together when we watched it, but for the podcast, I remember watching both of them together. And then the third one, I remember when it came out, but for whatever reason, because I thought that Guinea wasn't going to be the director of it, I didn't have as much, uh, desire to see the third. And so when it came out, like we had it cause you know, Marissa gets all the videos. So we mm -hmm. had it, but I still didn't really feel like I wanted to watch it. I remember her watching it one time. And she, her telling me, oh, yes, now he, he's falling in love. Oh, yes, this is the, they're on a cruise. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> so I remember that, but I, I never really watched it. So sitting down to watch it, I was, I, I had lower expectations. Once again, because I was under the assumption and I didn't like follow through to see like, oh, did this actually happen? But because of, it was a big deal when we found out that he wasn't going to do it. And then for him to come back and actually do it was weird. Um, or I'd miss that memo, I guess. <laughs> so uh, it was, I was excited. I mean, I mean, I can't say that I was excited to watch it <laughs> because it was more of a, I had a, I had a lower expectation. That's where I went into it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It came out, but I just didn't feel inspired to watch it. And so I didn't watch it. And my memories of this film is, it was kind of like, meh, I, I have really no reason to watch this. I'm not really excited to. Although I do know that this is always playing at my gym's daycare in the oh, Kids really? Academy. So I'm not sure why this particular one is, is the go-to, but it seems like they're always watching it. And so I finally watched it and I must say, I am very satisfied and surprised. I think like you had lower expectations going into this, but, um, it was good. And, and fun fact, you know, we're talking about the first two films. I really did enjoy the first two films a lot, especially the first one. Yeah. And for two different years for Halloween, I dressed up as Mavis, uh, both the Ooh. pregnant and the non-pregnant versions. So <laughs> it worked out perfectly the second year. I'm like, Hey, I'm nine months or eight months pregnant. Perfect. I already have the costume. Let's just throw it on because it's a stretchy black dress. And so I really didn't have to do anything for that costume. And who doesn't love putting on a black lipstick? Am I right? Um, I don't, but okay. Uh -oh. 
I remember, so the first moments of this, it's just so silly. The whole thing is just so dumb, but it just makes you laugh so hard because of how dumb it is. (laughs) I just, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I... This is funny. You know, let's talk about cruise culture, I guess. Okay. Okay. Yes. They, yeah. Yeah. They get into this movie and they kind of like yada yada it like, hey, yeah, it's been a hundred years since you've, you know, had, uh, since, since mom, but you really need to, to spread your wings and, and find someone. So maybe this is pro, like you need to date again. And then, you know, he's working so hard at the hotel and she surprises them with this family vacation. Now, let me get a feel from you. If someone surprised you with a vacation, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on that? How controlling are you? I can I can let things go. So if I if I decidedly say that okay, I'm I can be the passive enjoyment person, um, but I also do enjoy things more when I have more control of things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I engage more when I feel like I am like making a choice in what I am doing. Um, so yeah, the going, I don't know, but going into a cruise, that's its own thing too, though. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a cruise is, is so passive in the fact that you are just on a boat, but at the same time, they have all these activities. So you can go in and choose what, you know, choose your own adventure on the cruise. So, you know, I think that is a good, a good side of both, both worlds, but mm-hmm leading into what I feel like you're leading into, I'm, I'm kind of back and forth of how much I would like control over my own vacations. Okay. You know what? I feel like I am the opposite surprising. Like if someone were to surprise me with a vacation, I would say amazing. Awesome. I love it. And we would go and I wouldn't really complain because I'm on vacation. I wouldn't, I don't think I would really have a problem with it. It's just really funny because he is all for it, meaning Dracula, until he finds out what it is. It's like, oh, a cruise, you know, I'm stuck on this boat. But if someone surprised me with a cruise, I would love it. I would have no problem with it because <laughs> I've been on lots of cruises and I really do like cruises. They're kind of your typical vacation. Like they're they're cheesy and they're not the greatest, I will say. Um, I've never been on a Disney cruise, which I've heard is just far and away beyond anything else. They are. But for the price, you really can't complain. And the fact that you can just, what I like about cruises is that you, the, the world is your oyster. You yeah. can do whatever you want, kind of, like with, a, with an asterisk. Obviously, you're stuck on a boat. But if you just want to lay at the pool all day long, you can. If you want to go and do the scavenger hunts and the trivia night and karaoke and go. You can do that. If you want to hang out at the buffet all day, you can do that. I like with cruises, they pro- provide enough variety that allows you the option of choice. Right. Um, and I guess that's the same if you were to go to a resort. You can choose to hang out by the pool. You can choose to hang out in your room. All of those things. But right. with cruises, I- I'm a fan. I've never thought, ugh, we're going on a cruise. It's like, no, I'm going on vacation. I love it. Right. I guess the only thing as far as cruises go that are a little bit more challenging is definitely the seasickness um but there's always drama mean so there you go Mm, yes indeed so with that let's go into the cruise and and cruise culture right so you've been on cruises i've been on cruises do you feel that this film properly and adequately showcased what a cruise is all about in cruise culture i'm gonna say yes i mean with the the flowered shirts and the the 
flip-flops and it's like you basically have a uniform you know the people on the cruise they have their uniform the you know the employees but then you also as the as the tourist you have the tourist uniform and you're almost obligated to join in because this is the whole experience yeah i love that he had totally to a t dracula was dressed in his hawaiian shirt in his shorts his big black socks and those white penny loafers yes you did that right and i'm wondering i I couldn't find uh, any information on this but i'm wondering and i hope that they got to go on a cruise as a crew or at least as like the, the, you know, the head leadership team and, uh, and, and get to experience that. I'm sure they did. I, how could you make a movie and not? I mean, Hey, you can write it off as, as an expense. It, it would just be too good to see, you know, Gendy Tartakovsky and all the other filmmakers just <laughs> hanging out, taking notes. You know, you imagine the animators with their sketch pads, sketching all of the different people. Uh, it would be glorious to behold for sure. <laughs> And seeing somebody else, like, because it is so outside of normal day activities and normal day attire, normal day anything, I feel like it is fun to see other people in those scenarios because it's just 180 degree of like, I am a work person versus this is my relaxation like pose, you know? So it's, I enjoy that as well. I loved the family, you know, the wolf family that has just so many kids. <laughs> I got such a kick when they took them to the kids center and they're like, don't worry, you get them back at the end of the day. Like, eh, okay. I guess that's better than nothing. <laughs> like, I thought it was so good. And then they both have this realization. We can do whatever we want, whatever yeah. we want. Like, yes, that is true. I've never taken kids on a cruise but I feel the same way when I drop my kids off at the kids center at the gym, which is only for two hours. I can't imagine like, oh, at the end of the day, I get these kids back, but it's a whole day. Trust me. I mean, turning into a parent, not tur- I haven't turned into a parent, but becoming a parent has has really helped me um, relate to some of these jokes more than I ever have. I, I never related to anything more in that moment when <laughs> when uh, I heard the dad say, OK, I guess that's better than nothing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I did like how they were like, oh man, yeah, we like we did we barely saw you at all on this cruise. What happened? And it's like, oh, we got tranquilized and shoved into a closet for the rest of it, you know. So, you know, we were pretty happy. We just ended up uh we just booked our next couple of occasions. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. So um we're introduced to Captain Erica, and from the very beginning, I loved her. For with me, it was love at first sight, just like with Dracula. Um which I realized very quickly means she's Did you zing? I, I, I had like a mini zing with her. I loved everything <gasps> nice. about her. I loved her design. I loved her pointy chin. Or <laughs> just like, it was very bulbous. Like whenever she turned to the side profile, like it was there. Like she yeah. had a chin. And I just thought it was great. And her design, her, her white hair, her white outfit, everything about her was a thumbs up for me. And, you know, of course, I'm like, well, we're... It reminded me a lot of um, the Popeye short that that Guinea Tartakovsky did. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's his style. Yeah. And of course, I'm like, well, I'm being conditioned to like her so much, really off the bat, that I know she's a bad guy. And and you know what? I really did like, very quickly, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, she is a bad guy. They didn't draw out this is she or isn't she sort of thing. They told us up front. She is the granddaughter of a Van Helsing, 
you know, we get that little montage at the very beginning that sets it up. And so, you know, then it's like, oh, okay. You know, and then we, we can't really root for her, except she has this plot line of her really falling for Dracula. And then it's creating drama with her and her grandpa. So I liked that a lot. I thought it was a really great way of doing it. And it allowed for this whole situation to be pretty sticky um, and unexpected of where it was going to go. Yeah, it kind of, I don't know. For me, it was like, it felt very on the nose through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's like you accepted the fact that it was going to be on the nose. I, I mean, there's just so many times where over the last 10 years, we've been conditioned to kind of see the, 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 in the shadows villain, you know, the turncoat villain, I guess. Um, so to go back to the straight up out of the, you know, out of the shoot, this is the villain kind of thing, I think was a little jarring, not jarring necessarily, but just kind of like, oh yeah, that's how they used to do it. You know? So I wasn't sure if I liked it, but I did like her arc and how, like, how it did like shift over times. And then she was like, Oh, it's a cute family. Oh, you know, had these moments of like humanity slash monster approval. Yeah, for sure. I did love that moment when uh, she's talking to her grandpa and they're having a little bit of argument. She's like, I'm a grown woman. I'm a grown woman. I can kill whoever I want. Just like, it was just so over the top. It was great. (laughs) Well, and then the fact that the grand, the great grandpa, you know, turns more machine than man. You're going after all these all these monsters and you have become what you hate. Precisely. How did you feel about his design as an old man? It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, really liked his, his design when he was younger. Gave me a little bit of vibes of Dr. Robotnik, kind of, from Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Um, it's just a really cool design. I liked his mustache. I liked his hair. And then old version was very off-putting i didn't like looking at him he was really gross Uh i was not a fan but you know what the story needed the story we didn't really go into maybe i missed it why he ended up being that way um how he ended up being that way but he just is so we just accept it well he said that he's like oh when my spleen stopped working i had to you know fix this you know because his his goal was never completed and so he just over time turned himself you know, into what he hated the most. So what did Um, you think about the whole, you know, dad needs a a date part of the plot? You know, I liked it. It definitely kind of felt a little forced, but Uh it it was needed. Obviously it'd been a long time and and he was ready and he has this zing, which is a bit concerning because you can only zing once. And so how is this happening? And so he's kind of going through the struggle and then, Erica's going through the struggle and then Mavis kind of is going through the struggle. I didn't really feel Mavis very much in this film. Yeah. Um, You know, at first she was so gung ho. And then when she actually finds out that he's dating, she really turns off and, and is, is really sad about it and having this inner turmoil, which I get, I feel like that's, that is true. I feel like that would happen. Like you, you want your dad to be happy. You're ready for him to move on. But then when it actually becomes a reality, that's when all the emotions start flooding in. Right. Um, So I do think that is true to form and true to what happens. However, I just thought it was kind of weird. Like it just, it just didn't work for me in the film in, in how it was portrayed. I feel like we maybe instead of having her be so multidimensional, maybe we just needed her to be one or the other. Yeah, I can see that. I I felt like she just was kind of there as a means to an end. 
mm-hmm. like there wasn't really any reason for her to be there other than, hey, I'm going to book this whole thing and create a little bit extra friction through the story just because I need somebody to add friction on Dracula's side other than mm-hmm. um, on uh, Erica's side. Yes, definitely. I really liked Johnny a lot. He is just very much a comedic character. He's so chill that he always kind of has, he's the voice of reason. Um, I really loved that moment where they were on the dance floor at the end and he does, he just spouts off this philosophical nonsense, you know, which really hits home for Mavis. And she's like, yes. And he was like, oh yeah, that was from a TV show I used to watch when I was a kid. I right. <laughs> just laughed so hard because, you know, he is this deep down philosophical guy, but maybe not really. <laughs> right, right. But hey, whatever, in the moment he, it, it worked and it was what they needed. Yeah. So you have Drax, which I think his like moving into the dating zone uh, was kind of forced. The interaction he had with his phone trying to get on the dating app or something like that was funny, though. You know, how the phone doesn't understand anything that he's saying and completely like, oh, you want dim sum? Like, there's just <laughs> yeah. funny things that go through there. And I like to say blah, blah, blah. Right. I do not say blah, so blah, blah. Many- that gave me so many flashbacks because in, when I worked in corporate, my office, one of my office mates used to say that all the time. And so as soon as I heard that, instead of thinking back to the original movie, I just thought back to Chad, who would say that all the time. It was great. Oh, gosh. Nice. Good old Chad. But it goes into the Zinger app. So now he's swiping and then he ends up seeing like the touched up picture of the woman. And then when it actually goes to call her, it's the old hag with like, 20 cats it's just like oh gosh this is sad (laughs) and all too relatable yes indeed i've heard the horror stories of dating in your 30s or however hundreds for him in your hundreds i imagine it gets worse (laughs) (laughs) the amount of times that you've said zinger i'm just salivating at the mouth i i don't think i ever ate these things the zinger hostess (laughs) but every time you say it i think of them and i'm like that sounds so delicious right now. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> so, you know, at the very, very end, they have this big, you know, battle and it ends up being a good guy. You know, he's not a good guy, but he he comes around, right? Van Helsing comes around. And I just thought it was really hilarious that he tries to give him a half refund. Right. No, 30% first. But yeah, yeah, they are not having it. And so he gives him a full refund and, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. That works. You know? And I'm like, ah, you know, he gives a full refund. It makes up for all of his crimes against humanity. Right. Yes. Yeah. Story checks out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, you know, a free cruise. All right. It's fine. So Mason, his wife, me and my husband, we have gone on cruises a few times together. We've gone on two cruises, but both times we are just thwarted by Poseidon and, and the sea gods because we haven't been able to go to the destinations that we've wanted to. So one, while we were on the cruise, um, something happened where I don't know why, but we weren't able to go to the destinations that were planned. Um, and so they ended up giving us, you know, half off, which, Hey, you know, at that point you're already on the cruise and they're giving you half your money back. Sounds great to me. You know, I'm still bummed we didn't get to go to the Grand Cayman Island, but that's cool. So then the next two years later, we went on another cruise and we wanted to go on a Cuba cruise because, you know, why not? Never been to Cuba. And then a week before 
uh, U.S. travel to Cuba was banned. And so we can no longer go to Cuba. And so they gave us the option. We could cancel, get our money totally back, or we could still go and do, you know, half again. So both these times, yeah, that must be their go-to is like, okay, we'll give you half your money back. And, you know, we went in the summer that time. And so it was a little more expensive, but it's, it's a cruise, you know, so it's pretty cheap. And at that price, at that price, you know, a seven day cruise for half, it was just like, well, I mean, we already had the days planned and half offshore. Why not? And, um, it was a bummer because part of the Cuba cruise was we were going to go to Cuba. Then we were going to go, then we were going to go to Grand Cayman Islands because we wanted to hit that again right. and one other place. And lo and behold, we did not go to Cuba and we did not go to Grand Cayman Island. And it's like, ugh, this darn place we will never get to. It's so frustrating. And I don't even want to risk booking another cruise for Grand Cayman Island because, you know, third time's a charm. Like, it's just going to happen. We'll get canceled again. So I just need to fly there directly and stay there. I mean, yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> if we really want to do it, I mean, we got to take take this into our own hands. But Right. Yeah, so, you know... This movie was was all in all in all okay. You know, I feel like the cruise elements, you know, they really had like sort of that montage that, you know, you you see them, they're exploring the pool, they're doing this, they're doing that. They really hit a lot of the elements. Um but oh, before we talk about like our final thoughts on this, what do you feel about the music in this series? I thought it was very interesting. So you had basically one song that was written for or seemed to be written for the film and that was mm -hmm. the um sea urchin you know monster thing who does this mm -hmm. little like welcome to the atlantis which also did remind me of when you go on the disney cruise down to down from florida you can go to nassau bahamas which has this giant resort called atlantis which is basically this place that they yes. went to and I'm like ah oh, good times Atlantis that's a great hotel great hotel great place you got a real cool water park that goes through there so they they go to this place the sea urchin says welcome to this whole place and he does his little like Barry Manilow cool jazz he does his little song and dance routine saying welcome to everybody and that's the only song that was actually like it seemed to be written for this show everything else was just other music that they put in here and for the most part I felt like the songs were all like pretty well uh situated but then I was just really confused as to why they decided to end it off with the Macarena oh and I'm just like okay you real. I asked I said you're really going to end this with the Macarena? Yes. I, yes, you are. <laughs> I feel like what happened there with the music production, you know, the the guy who was pick, the guy or gal who was picking the music, it was it probably happened exactly like it happened in the movie where there are so many feel good songs that we could pick. You're scrolling through your playlist, scroll, 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 and then you just randomly pick one. Cuz I'm yeah. like that is so dated and lame. Yeah. No. No, well, I mean, they did and the fact that, okay, they, they had the different songs that they did as far as like the song battle. You had one that was the good vibe song, bringing in the, the beach boys. Okay. I got it. I got you. Um, and then the next one, it's don't worry, be happy. All right. It's got a good message. You're right. Okay. We're going for it. And then Macarena. What? Yeah. I just, I was just confused because the Macarena came out when we were kids and I know. <laughs> Like so kids. is this just for us? <laughs> is this like literally a moment for the parents 
or is this something that they really expect kids to understand? I don't know. I think the Macarena, because it has that dance associated with it, that it can kind of be slightly timeless. Am I saying that? Really, I am. Um, yeah, the, the songs that have moves attached to them, you know, dance moves, it seems they they stick around longer than, you know, oh, this song was from 2010. This song was from right. 2008. This was from 97. I don't know. Right. So I'm thinking of like the cha-cha slide. <laughs> Just, right. um, Cotton Eye Joe. Isn't there like a Cotton Eye Joe dance or is that? No, oh, yeah. The electric slide as well. Yeah, the electric slide. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Which mm, will never know. be played I, at my I, wedding, just FYI. <laughs> really? really? There's just so many people. It's so funny because it's like whenever the electric slide comes on, it's like there's this, this <laughs> like pull for them to get up. They must get up and do the electric slide. They, they cannot help themselves. It's like they have those challenges like, oh, I dare you not to smile or I dare you not to like head yeah like head bob or, or sing along or whatever, like challenges online. Um, but yes. this is one of them that it's like, if you, if you go to, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, and I just can't relate. And therefore I'm like, nope, we're not going to do that. Not going to be a thing, but it's all like, it's almost <laughs> always a thing. I'm like, DJ, yeah. stop it. <laughs> stop bringing you know, up the electric slide. <laughs> well, you're the one who's requesting it. You, how are you? You, you've openly admitted that you want this one done, so. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wait, no, I, I said that said, it won't be. Oh, I heard that it it will be because people can't help themselves. So, no, 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 it won't be. Because <laughs> I do not fall apart. I am not a part of this group of people that has an imaginary string tied to them that like actually yanks them out of their chair and gets them onto a dance floor in order to do the electric slide. I just can't do it. Well, you know what? Don't be surprised if someone slips the DJ a $20 bill and suddenly <laughs> it comes on while you are cutting the cake or doing something else, talking to your guests. Okay. I'm just saying. Just saying. Okay, will, now that I know how much you detest it, this will happen. <laughs> oh no. It's like, you've known my kryptonite, Morgan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> You know, I didn't love the music. As I was listening to this, there was just so much pop music, if you will. And I'm just like, oh, this is really, I'm not, it's taking away from the movie for me. So it's funny that you generally liked it. And for me, I'm like, oh, it just, it just feels like it's taking away from the movie. I can't say it. It did feel very dated. Um, Especially, I mean, you throw in Bruno Mars, you throw in a couple of these different songs that they have in there that I'm like, okay, no, I get that you're using them. There comes a point in time where you, when a pop song gets to be to like critical mass, they just, it spills over into everything, mostly because you have, you know, these music editors that are just like, you know, these are familiar enough songs that let's just put them in there. They're maybe at a a decent enough rate uh, right now. (laughs) So they're not having to pay all that much for this song. Um, and so that helps the song even more get to a critical mass. So I understand why they end up using them. But at the same time, I understand your point in the fact that that gets there, these songs become so critical mass that it becomes dated and it becomes like something you've already heard as opposed to maybe a song that you've never heard before that kind of just fits the moment. So yeah, I get I get both sides. 
Yeah, there's actually a really great YouTuber named Sideways, and he's all about music and music theory, and he analyzes music for musicals and movies. And he has a really great video that talks about why pop songs in music in movies are bad. Uh Um, And basically, you know, one of the points that he makes is because every single person has a different association and a feeling, a nostalgia, positive or negative, with that song. And so it may not be doing what you think it's doing. Yeah. And uh, I will include that in the show notes because this guy is just brilliant in everything. And I, he hasn't posted in like nearly a year and I'm very sad, but having made YouTube videos and doing that, I understand, especially the type that he makes very time consuming, but very, very good analysis of, of that. And I do feel that I just, I just didn't resonate with any of these songs and they, I don't feel like they helped the movie that much. So, so what are your final thoughts on this movie? So my final thoughts on this movie, I would probably give this a three stars. Um, it was, it was funny. It had moments of just sheer stupidity, but it just, it made you laugh throughout it. And it was definitely engaging enough to be like, you know, that was, it was, it was good. I I enjoyed it. You know, it's not going to, it's not mind blowing at all, but it was a fun continuation of the story. So I give it three stars. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first movie. Second movie was good, but this one, while it wasn't bad, it wasn't super good. So I'm also going to give it three stars. It kind of, I, I read this opinion and I feel like this totally describes how I feel about it. It feels like is if, as if this were a TV show of Hotel Transylvania and this was just an episode that they did. You know, the one where they go on their summer vacation. You know, obviously it was extended, it was longer, but that's kind of how it felt. Like it didn't, obviously it did stuff to move the plot. You know, he's now with Erica and I'll be interested to see if that sticks around in the next movie if they are progressing, I haven't seen any of the trailers. I haven't seen anything for that one. So I don't know. Will they, you know, they're engaged. Will they now have a wedding in the fourth one? Or will it kind of be one of those things where it's like, yeah, it didn't work out, you know, so we can get rid of her and move on. Right. It'll be interesting. So uh, yeah, three stars. Yeah, I can, I can see how you would say that too, because Gindy is, you know, the Cartoon Network guy. So oh, yeah, it's very easy for him to do the like episodes so he's very episodic yes <laughs> or yeah i i get that for sure so we all want to know what you guys thought about this movie make sure to go over to rotoscopers.com you can check out all the show notes for this episode you can go to uh rotoscopers.com slash two three four ah look at that two three four and you'll be able to get anything that we talked about there as well as links to our Instagram, where we are, we've been doing a lot more posting about the different films that we have and getting your feedback on there too. So come and let us know. Also, we are coming up on our 10 year anniversary and we are going to be doing a big mailbag episode. Yes. Can you believe it? 10 years. Wow. Time really does fly. I feel like we just did our five year episode, which is crazy. So we are going to be doing, we will be doing a fun mailbag episode. So if you have any thoughts or opinions, thoughts on the show, favorite moments from the show, be sure to send them into us. You can send us a voicemail at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. You can also leave us a voicemail at 406-646-6575. Also, you can send us an email if that works easier. We can read these ones for this episode. It's just going to be all about you and just celebrating the fun times we've had together as animation addicts. So that will be coming in the next month or so. So get your mailbag questions in and 
So get your mailbag questions and feedback in. We are excited to hear from you guys so we can all celebrate together. So are so we doing, we is this going to be like an ask us anything type thing? Like they can ask us anything within reason? <laughs> within reason. Yes. Yes. <laughs> ask us anything within reason. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you, if you have questions and you've always wanted to know, like what is Chelsea's favorite stuffed animal oh. or, you know, the classics, what's your favorite animated movie, favorite animated song, all those things that maybe we've not quite gotten to feel free to ask away. So that's all that we have for today. Until next time. We are Me, 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 had to finish it off. Wait, wait, I'm messing my story up. That's the second one. Can I start over? Sure. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.